Dr. Alan Desmond's book is entitled The Plant-Based Diet Revolution, and it's published by Yellow Kite. It's a big step for an omnivore to change to being a vegan, and you do need a lot of knowledge to determine which foods deliver the nutrients you require. But if it prevents chronic disease and a shorter lifespan, it may be well worth it. However, there may be a happy medium. Magella O'Neill is a Skibbereen-based nutritionist. She began her career as a nurse. Quite a lot of her nutritionist career has been spent researching causation, the causes of illness. So I asked her for her take on protein requirements and how important it is to get it right. I suppose my belief is that we are made of protein and a lot of our neurotransmitters and hormones are made from the building blocks of protein, which are amino acids. But a piece of meat has, or fish, will have all nine essential amino acids. And these are the ones that we have to take in our diet. Others we can actually make in our bodies. So those essential amino acids, for most of us, we have to get them on a daily basis to keep our bodies well. And I would be thinking in terms of of getting between 0.8 to 1.2 grams of protein per kg of body weight. So for a vegan or vegetarian, that does mean eating quite a lot of the legumes, the nuts, the seeds and the whole grains. They're probably the best sources of some of these amino acids. So what I find is that people need to have a little bit more kind of scientific knowledge of where these proteins come from to be sure that they're getting enough in a vegan or vegetarian diet. It's much possibly less hard work if you are automatically, you're going to get it in your eggs, you're going to get it in your fish and your chicken. So I would be urging people on a vegetarian or vegan diet to just give some thought to making sure they get enough protein. As I think long-term, not getting enough of these amino acids can have some downstream negative effects on the body. It might take some time for those negative effects to manifest, but I do feel that if people are more aware of it, it's a really, really important thing to be aware of that you're getting enough protein. I was surprised to hear that there's protein in the most unlikeliest of places. I think Alan mentioned oatmeal. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So a lot of our whole grains are very high in protein. Quinoa is a very high uh, protein grain. And again, when we use the word protein, I suppose it's really amino acids. So these amino acids are building blocks. And when they come together, I mean, they're they're in our greens, they're in a lot of fruit and vegetables, the, the individual amino acids. So we get them as individual amino acids. Mushrooms can be a very good source of them, some of the seaweeds. Leucine would be one of the ones that I think some people can get low and on a vegan diet and that's where I'd be urging people to include things like mushrooms and seaweed just to make sure they are getting all the individual amino acids. Like I say, it's not as uh, scientific. One doesn't have to give as much thought to it in an omnivore diet as they do in a vegan diet. I see I see people who um, come to me with health issues and they've had, they don't like huge groups of vegetables. So they're vegans who don't like much vegetables or they're eating a high proportion of their diet is, is starchy, processed carbohydrates or processed vegetarian food. So they would be going to the freezers and, and buying the processed um, burgers and stuff. Some of them are very good. Some of them are really not very nutrient dense. And in today's world, nutrient density is a huge factor. We need what we put into our mouth to be bringing nutrients to our body, to be contributing to our health and not taking from us. There are many studies to be found which advocate eliminating meat from our diet. 
But Magello O'Neill believes that a lot of these studies neglected to concentrate on the quality of that meat and the people who work hard at reaching high standards in the industry. Yes, a lot of people, particularly in America, are eating highly processed meat, burgers, sausages, cured meat, or meat raised in factory farm settings. So these animals have often never seen open light or see very little green grass. They're being fed predominantly GM grain. Again, there's a huge correlation between the accumulation of chemicals through diet of the animals as it accumulates as we go up the food chain and we're not comparing like with like good quality well farmed grass-fed animals have a totally different composition and total as a result total different effect on the health of the human being going back to your mention earlier on to the likes of zinc and iron and vitamin d and calcium and omega-3 Would it be true to say that the required amount of those we do not find in food? And would that be the case for vegans and omnivores as well? Again, it very much depends on how the food is produced. Soil that's well managed, that's uh, like there's a very strong resurgence of a type of farming called regenerative farming, where we're using less fertilizers, using proper manure, which is more like close to our old fashioned dung and compost to regenerate the soil. And the nutrient density of the plants coming out of those kind of well-managed soils are totally different to the more highly industrialized farming where we are using a lot of pesticide, which is killing off the microbiome of the soil. When we kill the microbiome of the soil, we seriously interfere with the transporting of deep nutrients from the depth of the soil to the plant. So these are trace minerals like selenium, zinc, cobalt. A lot of the trace minerals that we are seeing deficiencies in our animals and we are seeing in our humans. So again, it's very much down to the type of farming. And um, there's, a, there's a phrase I like to coin. Uh, it is not mine, but it's one I have borrowed, which is, I think then the person who first coined it was a man called Russ Costner of Soil Carbon Cowboys. And his phrase is, it's not the cow, it's the cow. So that is true of a lot of our food production. It is not the pig, it's the how. It's not the fish, it's the how. It's not the carrot, it's the how. Uh, It's how we grow it, how we produce it, that will make a difference to the nutrient density of it, as well as how it affects our health. Right, so anything in its natural state is okay, but it's what we add to it afterwards is the problem. Is that what you're, you're saying? It is and it isn't. It often is to do with how well the soils were managed in the first place, how dense the the soil in the microbiome of the soil, how, as I say, when we repeatedly spray soils with pesticides, a lot of these pesticides are known to have uh, antimicrobial effect on the soil, so it kills off the natural microbes of the soil. Soil is a living creature. A fistful of soil has more diversity than the Amazon. So it's full of bacteria and moles and uh, fungi that work in synchrony with the plant. So they're bringing the nutrients to the roots of the plant. They're binding carbon in the soil. They're doing a lot of things. So some of our modern farming techniques have 
interfered with this process and as such they have interfered with how well the nutrients are transported into the plant and as a result those who eat the plants are whether it's the animal or the human they're not always as nutrient dense as we need them to be. After I'd finished recording with Magella, she contacted me again to stress that a lot of the studies that advocate eliminating meat from our diet neglect to concentrate on the quality of that meat, be it pasture-raised, grass-fed or organic, such as we have here in Cork. These studies also neglect to mention the omnivores that include the same amount of vegetables and fruit in their diet as vegans do. If that were the case, Magella reckons we would have a different set of statistics. Grass-fed, pasture-raised or organic, if you like, is available. A lot of butchers have all the information regarding the origin of what they sell on display in their shops. All you need to do, Magella O'Neill says, is ask. There is a huge movement to, towards this kind of eating for a very, very good reason. There's, we've done a lot. There's been loads of studies in the quality of the fat, the, the omega tree combination of omega-3 to 6 balance and we know that if we if we know how the fat the animal has been fed we know that that's going to have a huge impact on both taste and how it affects our health so you've heard the expression we are what we eat and it, when it comes to eating um, meat and other animal products it's also true to say we are what they eat so in going back to your question I like to see a herd number. I like to ask the butcher. I like to have an, a knowledge from where of where it came from because even here in Ireland now there is a movement towards more factory-based farming. And unfortunately, when you go into a shop and you see two pieces of steak lying on the, the shelf, there is no way at a glance of knowing whether that animal has spent its life, most of its life, in a enclosed area eating predominantly imported grain or whether it has been grazing on the beautiful green fields out in West Cork. And that comes down to asking the question, number one, and being very, very cognizant of what you spent your euro on or your, your money on. So uh, I always say we vote with our euro, we vote with our money. And if we spend our money on the food that we feel is going to make us healthy, we will be in turn giving the message to the producers, to the shop owners, this is the kind of food we need, this is the kind of food we want. And uh, I know that a lot of people say, you know, good food is expensive, but also being unhealthy is expensive. So that can be a huge drain on the national resources, keeping people well. So for my money, spending money, even if it is we eat less of it, Uh, buying quality is money well spent. I remember reading somewhere about vegans and somebody who was against that totally was mentioning vitamin B12 deficiency. And they were saying that if untreated, the damage can be irreversible. Is that overreacting? 
Uh, no, that that isn't overreacting. I, I mean, irreversible is not a word I would have in my dictionary, really. But I have read some fairly recent studies and very comprehensive studies on B12 deficiency. So B12 is one of our most vital nutrients. Um, I could spend all day talking to you about methylation pathways and, and how we process homocysteine and the downstream. Um, it's a metabolic process that if it doesn't work well, we can, can affect everything from mood to hormones to uh, our ability to cardiovascular disease, cognition, a whole lot of things. Certainly, one of the best sources of B12 is, in fact, red meat or in our animal protein. And it is very difficult in a vegan or vegetarian diet to get enough B12. In one of the studies I saw, um, vegans, there was 92% of, uh, of a study of vegans were deficient in B12. 77% of vegetarians in that same study, only 11% of the omnivore were deficient in B12. So it is one of the ones that I think is very, very important to point out when it comes to considering being on a, on a vegan or vegetarian diet. I would almost always uh, recommend supplementing. Um, the other thing I always say to my, my clients is, you know, the advantages of eating all that extra fiber and that color and the vegetables is not uh, exclusive to the uh, vegan diet. We should all be eating vegetables like a vegan. We should all have half our plate, multicolored vegetables. We should be eating more like seven, nine, twelve portions of vegetables and fruit. And you notice I say vegetables and fruit and not fruit and vegetables uh, every day. So in other words, most of our plate, each meal, breakfast, lunch and dinner, should be vegetables to get all the micronutrients that we need. The final decision is, of course, up to you. But if you're unsure, speak to your GP or nutritionist. It's a subject we'll return to on the programme shortly. My thanks to both Dr. Alan Desmond and nutritionist Magello O'Neill. Alan's book is The Plant-Based Diet Revolution. It's in hardback and published by Yellow Kite. Magello O'Neill is a Skibbereen-based nutritionist. Thank you for sharing an hour of your Sunday evening with me. Let's do it again on Sunday evening next at 7. But until then, for myself, John Green, have a pleasant but safe week and goodbye for now.